and opinions expressed on the Hard Time Podcast are of the hosts and guests individually. The Hard Time Podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not affiliated with any entity, agency, or department. Human beings have thoughts and feelings that do not necessarily affect the professional performance of their duties. Ladies and gentlemen, the story you are about to hear is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. An inmate attacked a correctional officer in St. Louis County this week after he refused to go back to his cell. This is what we have to deal with, inmates like that. Everybody has an opinion to know about what goes on and stuff in here, but not times out of ten, if anybody that has anything negative to say about a correctional officer, he never even been in the facility, never been inside of the jail. They have 24-7 to sit there and come up ways to outsmart so they always want to try, but we've got to be proactive. Got to still remain professional and, and do a job. Officers being praised for their quick actions. Lake County Sheriff uh, says, quote, they are heroes in my books. Regular day at the office. I'm a former correctional officer. I was one for like six years. I was a sergeant. I was a hostage negotiator. I am joined by... Uh, secretive person. He goes around here by the name of Jake Motherfucker Welder. I did not give him the middle name part. Uh, he is an active sergeant in corrections in the field, and uh, he is a recovering Bills fan this week. Jake, how are you doing? I'm doing better than you might expect. Uh, I expected you to die by your own hand this week after the game. So I, you're right. You're alive, and I'm glad, and, glad to and see I ha- you. And I haven't done that, and I had a couple... I was a little upset this week. There was a couple of use of force, and uh, by the time I got there, it was all over with. I'm like, if I'm going to run there, I want a piece, you know, and it's all fucking over, and then I get stuck with the paperwork, so that was kind of bullshit. But other than that, do, I was... Do you ever get to the to, to a fight? You know, the, the code's called on the radio, and you run all the way down there, and they, the, your officers already have it uh, kind of mm-hmm. locked down, and you're like, uh, uncuff them. You, you could do one of these. <laughs> like, I want a piece of this guy. Come on. Are you we freezing had a, up? We or? had a few that would go on and off, and they really like to square off with uh, sergeants. But I wasn't a sergeant at the time. No, I'm okay. Do you do you think it's easier for? Uh, do do you miss being an officer because maybe that was something more you could get away with, like, or or is it better now that you're a sergeant? Because if you fuck around as a sergeant, instead of being fired, they usually will just rip off a stripe. You know, they'll make you a corporal for. <laughs> Yeah, there's pros and cons. I mean, when I when I was an officer, I felt like my job was in jeopardy a lot because of um, how some sergeants would handle situations and tell me things and stuff. But now that I see behind the curtain and there is a different administration than there was before, um, I see how people are just like, oh, that sergeant's full of shit. Like they don't they're, <laughs> they're not really there was no cause for concern. Like everybody knows the reaction. No good fights no, though this week no. or anything, or you know, there's some people when they tell you somebody like uh, I'm nothing good, no. But you know, when people are just like, "Hey, someone's going to kill themselves," and I'm like, "Okay, this person never says anything, never writes any reports, so if they're telling me, it's probably serious." And then there's other people that they seem like they just want to have like they want to know what's going on and be the guy, so they come to me with stuff, and I'm just like, "No, that I'm I'm going to take whatever you say. I'm going to divide it by three because they just uh, exaggerate a lot of stuff. But uh, but yeah, I didn't really want to become a sergeant originally. That wasn't my stated goal or anything. I did it for uh, family reasons and stuff. The um, money, the glory. I avoided it. It came up three or four. Yeah, well, I avoided it for three or four times. It came up and I was eligible and I said no. And then uh, I didn't even apply for it. And then I 
did with having kids and stuff to help out with things. And I was like, it was kind of a Hail Mary. I thought things weren't going to go well, but I, at least I could say I tried and they've gone a lot better than I expected. So <laughs> it's been good, but it was not my like career goal or anything. I do miss being a officer, um, just being more involved with, with things like that. But yeah, there is, there is totally a, um, it's totally a thing when you're talking with admin and stuff and I like tell on myself and say, Hey, I fucked this up. And they're like, okay, don't do that again. And there's no paperwork. There's no write-ups. There's no drama. It's just like, okay, well try not to do that again. And then we move on. <laughs> so I only um, became a that sergeant. Is, that because... is a perk of the job, I guess, which I try to do the same thing. With all. I only became a sergeant because it was clear that nobody else good was going to be able to do it. Um, there was just a bunch of corporals who were all there. And I had already, I had basically given up my career. I'm like, this is boring. This is lame. This is destroying my life. But before I go, I will put in for sergeant and see what that's like. And I figured it out. I mean, I figured out what it was like being a sergeant. It wasn't all that much fun. Uh, after I got, uh, after I, I was drunk with power, there became the hangover, which wasn't as much fun as with power. I don't know. I tried to, I tried to improve the place, but uh, uh, prisons uh, really... And that's kind of one one place we're going to talk about today is the Fulton County Jail. Uh, Jake, if you're ready to talk. About it. Sure. Okay. So the Fulton County Jail recently uh, regained some notoriety because it was where uh, former President Donald Trump uh, was booked on his indictment or whatever. It's uh, I believe it's uh, I believe Martin Luther King Jr. was also booked there at one point. I saw a meme saying that, uh, you know, Fulton County Jail just does whatever they're told or they're, they're just following orders now for mm-hmm. seven years. But uh, they'd had an in-custody death there that has drawn a lot of attention. And uh, to speak more uh, intelligently about it, and, and perhaps not much more because it's a news clip, I'm just going to go ahead and, and uh, play uh, coverage from this uh, inmate Thompson who died in custody. And we'll kind of break it down afterwards, uh, what we both think about it as me as a former correctional officer back in the good old days and Jake doing it now. Here we go. Man who died at the Fulton County Jail is now demanding action. They say he was essentially eaten alive by insects and bed bugs while in custody. Tracy A. McPierce spoke with him just hours ago. She's joining us now live from the Fulton County Courthouse. Tracy? Well, LaShawn Thompson had been held in the psych wing of the jail for three months when an officer found him unresponsive in his cell. His family tells me by that point, they couldn't even recognize him. He was definitely a heavy set guy, and from those pictures, he looks totally different. He's not the same person. Brad McRae says these pictures of his brother that he shared with us, 35-year-old LaShawn Thompson, are hard to look at. His cell at the Fulton County Jail covered in filth, and his body covered in sores and bites from bed bugs and lice. It looked like he wasn't eating in jail or malnutrition or maybe the bed bugs did it. The Fulton County Medical Examiner report lists his cause of death as undetermined, but noted a severe bed bug infestation. The family says Thompson was brought to the jail on a misdemeanor simple battery charge in June and was put in the psych wing because the jail was aware of his schizophrenia. They are now demanding the jail be closed and law enforcement open a criminal investigation. So we need a change in the system. The Fulton County Sheriff's Office told 11 Alive its Office of Professional Standards is investigating Thompson's death and will determine if criminal charges are warranted. The agency wouldn't speak to us on camera today, but said in a statement it spent $500,000 to address an infestation of bed bugs, lice, and other vermin after Thompson's death and updated security rounds to include addressing sanitary conditions. 
And the family's attorney tells me they're doing their own investigation to determine if the bug bites caused the infection that killed Thompson. They say if they get that proof, they intend to sue. Very disturbing. Tracy, thanks for the update. I have to kind of go with the news on this one. Uh, the, the, at least at first glance, someone dying in custody under these circumstances, it's pretty hard to defend. You know, when you take a look at a jail cell that's that gross, um, I believe, you know, I don't know if you deal with a lot of mentally ill pe people, but I certainly have. And they, they do have a way of trashing their cells and make them making them gross. You know, uh, someone with men mental illness, often they don't have an ability to care for themselves and, and uh, their environment will reflect that. Um, I think that's often the case with people who hoard and that. But in, in any case, that's not his space, and someone should be coming mm -hmm. in and uh, cleaning that out. We would have orderlies who would do things like that, who would work in our mental health wings. Um, in terms of bed bugs, that was something we were always very concerned about. We would we would do intakes on guys and some people that would come in off of parole or probation, whatever was going on with them. You know, they could be pretty unclean. They might have been living uh, as a in a homeless environment or something like that. And uh, once something like that comes in. Like you really, you can't get rid of big bed bugs. Like you have to like set the dryer so hot to kill them that it basically burns up the blankets. Uh, and uh, I guess I'm not surprised that, you know, a jail could get to that point because jails just really are filthy places. Even the well-maintained one, it's a place where it's fairly easy to get sick. But what are conditions like in, in your jail, if you're willing to comment? And, you know, it, it may be some things that you've seen that are gross. Or, uh, you know, what is it actually like being in a modern jail? Do you expect better from Fulton County or do you empathize with them saying maybe, you know, we understand how this could get out of control, particularly if you're understaffed, underfunded? You know, what's your take, Jake, since you're still in the field? Um, well, I, I can see how it can be, as like you said, the struggle with them to clean can be very difficult. But I've never seen it get that bad before, because even if something like that's happen happening, um, we take the opportunity to move them out, like you said, and then clean that area and then put them back. Um, I'm, I don't know what the rules are there about tier time and stuff, but even if somebody's confined to a cell, they're going to be spending a certain amount of time out. There's time to clean. Well, we're going to write a grievance because I have bugs. And, you know, I used to be one of the officers that would take the people through every month, even though it's supposed to be like every six, every month they'd go through the facility and spray for bugs. Like, yeah. Every inch of yeah. every single building, the entire perimeter of every single room, um, and then the perimeter of the jail would all get sprayed. So um, if there's bugs in someone's cell, it's because sure that they are. So, you know, that is one thing. We have a deep clean every week at our facility. And then when somebody tells me, hey, I have bugs, I say, okay, all right, well, so now um, we're going to do a deep clean. You're going to pull everything out of your cell. Everything's going to clean top to bottom until the officer says you've done a good job. I'll go personally pull the supplies and you're going to do it. So, um, you know, to me, a huge cost, you know, manpower or um, otherwise that would make it difficult. I could see how staffing might make it difficult if you have to watch somebody, especially that has issues like our cleaning supplies are mostly inert because we worry about people drinking them uh, and then trying to get a, their stomach pumped or ride to the hospital. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of pro that could have been done in, in Fulton County without it getting to this point. Um, I, you know, you mentioned that your process would be to pull the inmate out and have the inmate clean it himself. Uh, you know, the staff in Fulton County may not have the ability to spend the time to do that, but it sounds like he was in there and he was, you know, in the uh, psychiatric care ward, which uh, I believe is probably a, a bit of a stretch of it. 
of a name for something like that. He, if he was in there on simple battery, why was he in there for three months? Why does it take three months to adjudicate a simple misdemeanor charge? Was he being held there because they, you know, if they couldn't discharge him because of his mental health status, shouldn't he have been maybe in an acute medical care facility? I mean, we talk about it all the time, how there's really a gap between when people should be in jail because they're dangerous and a place where they can be in a, in a somewhere where they can receive adequate care for their mental health problems. Uh, is it possible that he just fell into the wrong side of the crack and he was just being held in jail because he was mentally ill? I mean, what's your what's your take on that for him being held for three months if it really was simple battery and nothing more complicated? Yeah. Well, the the other side of the coin in the you know trying to get read between the lines of the articles and stuff I had is you mentioned the political side of it is. They're saying that um, they're setting high bails that people can't can't meet for simple battery and things like that. So they're saying that he was held in jail just because he was poor, um, because he couldn't come up with, I believe it was something something to the, don't quote me, but like $3,500, $2,500, something like that for bail. Um, and that was why he was there, was they're saying that it's getting set too high. Um, they also are calling for the closing of the jail. And, you know, that's just because that's their ultimate goal is have people come out of the jail. The, um, I do see we can get into a little more. There, will, there have been numerous more deaths at Fulton County. This is hardly the first. This is the most salacious as far as the headlines go. Um, probably why, you know, we're discussing it. But um, there's been a lot of issues. And I was looking at an article they were talking about um, their going too heavy handed they're saying on misdemeanors and things like that but they're so backlogged with this political stuff they said that you know some of these high profile cases including uh the one you mentioned uh they're saying that the courtrooms are essentially closed that's take the bandwidth of, of the entire judicial system court cases can't progress because of the backlog for political reasons and then of course um the other thing they're talking about uh, instead of closing it is let's not let a good tragedy go to waste we want a brand new jail and it's going to cost all this money so we can pass the cost on to the taxpayer i'm not sure that it's the family's uh goal to ultimately close the jail and free free the inmates i think that's often the case with uh immigrant detention centers but they definitely want to make the case that the jail should be closed because they i'm sure for sure want to be able to sue saying that you know that, that he was held in conditions that violated his eighth amendment rights uh, against cruel and unusual punishment you do have to kind of wonder where the aclu is at because they visited our facility all the time i know we were a state facility and we were bigger and we had bigger money uh, bigger deeper pockets uh, in case they wanted to sue us but we're talking about atlanta here i assume fulton county is actually in terms of uh, county jails i assume that that's a actually a pretty big uh, facility and they probably have a lot of money i think that they've probably been in use for a long time i think that there's probably some overcrowding understaffing going on they're not able to decommission wings in order to repair them uh, that's something that's been going on for a while i do have another video mm. about the conditions at fulton county that we'll go ahead and take a look at President Trump and the other election defendants experienced at the Fulton County Jail sure. is altogether different from a typical arrest. Even when individuals turn themselves in as they did, they often have to stay overnight. We have reported extensively about everyday jail conditions, and a family member of one inmate spoke to Fox Eyes Morse Diggs. Morse is live in Northeast Atlanta tonight with that part of the story. Morse? Well, Fulton County has gotten some unwanted attention with national commentators now calling the large Atlanta jail one of the worst 
in the country. Well, I spoke to a parent of an inmate who is not going to disagree with that assessment. There is one thing the former president has in common with the 3,500 or so inmates on the floors Thursday at the Fulton Jail. Aside from that common mugshot, life is starkly different for the everyday arrestee. I'm not inside, but what I can hear has got worse. A parent of an inmate incarcerated for a lengthy period said conditions are worse in 2023. More stabbings, more beatings, more stealing everything they got. Fox 5 has shown disturbing videos of violence. This scene not connected to the most recent parent to come forward. Aside from the extreme incidents, more mundane issues diminish what the parent calls a level of humanity that should be present. And they give them one jumpsuit to wear. And if somebody steals their jumpsuit, they have to do without for days. My son says it's disgusting. They're butt naked. Inspectors from Washington have been at the jail. They pressure washed all the bathrooms and the floors and all that stuff. They turned the hot water on and uh, they had hot water in there for that one day. And then they turned it back off. He says the biggest factor is control. Gang members appear to have it on most floors. Make them give them 15 to $30 a week to buy what they want to. The level of worry is really off the charts now because every minute of every day you worried if he's still alive or not. Now, as far as the deputies, this parent tells me that some of them are conscientious, are very good, but he says the good ones, they leave. From Northeast Atlanta, I'm Morse Diggs, Fox 5 News. All right, Morse, thanks very much. I'm not surprised at all to hear that the good officers leave. If you're a conscientious, a good employee, I don't know why you would want to work in conditions like that. Um, they did show, uh, if you're listening, there's water all over the floor, things, uh, the paint's peeling off, it's generally in poor condition. I've seen poor jails, but uh, I, I have seen very few jails that were that looked that bad. Uh, Jake, what's your take on that? Uh, it just It did look gross in there, and I'm not surprised they're not able to keep good help. Or, I mean, we have... I don't know how it was for you, but we have water responses all the time. People trying to break sprinklers or flooding toilets and things like that. So we do have one of the good things that they built into our facility is that we have the ability to shut off water and stuff to individual cells. And some of them I have the ability to shut off hot or cold water, um, depending on the inmate you're dealing with and what they're trying to do. We've also had, you know, times where won't get into specifics, but um, we've had to do different things with sprinklers and stuff because um, they continue to just keep popping them. Um, and I know the facilities uh, nearby have similar issues. So, um, you know, talking about like control of inmates and having control over things and water issues, um, I don't think that in itself is very unique. But yeah, I mean, if, if your staff and your um, I mean, I've had plenty of opportunities where I'm cleaning up people's bodily fluids. And um, when somebody pops a sprinkler, I have certain things I have to go do um, to meet with maintenance, fire department, possibly whatever, um, to deal with issues. But um, then I'm picking up a mop and cleaning up as well. So um, if you have people that aren't willing to take the time and effort to um, put in to make sure that things are being kept up and that they're clean, 
then yeah, that really isn't excusable. That's just people people being lazy and not uh, not doing their job. I mean, even if you're understaffed, I get it. Uh, um, but like in the maximum security wing, um, again, like you said, we don't have a lot of orderlies that do a lot of stuff generally. Usually it's all done work done either by officers or inmates, depending. And then if an inmate does something, they get a sack lunch or they get some sort of small reward for doing the extra work. And um, like for the maximum security units, that's done at night um, when the, they can be let out by themselves doing some basic cleaning. So those are things that doesn't really take additional staff to do. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask how that works. You know, uh, they this guy was in there for battery and he was in there for three months. Obviously, if you have someone there who is in a more complicated legal battery, they could be there long enough to actually be possibly given a job. Our guys that we had, you know, we would have lifers in there. So they would have we would have people on the inside of prisons who would have jobs longer there than they ever held them outside in the real world. You know, sometimes a lot of stuff was simple cleaning and things like that. And um, they like I have talked about before, they would mop the shower rooms. They would. Uh, take care of the infirmary where, you know, we had elderly geriatric incontinent inmates, things like that. But even just the common orderly who would go around and bleaching door handles, uh, we would have lots of inmates who mm. essentially kept the facility clean. And so I just wondered, you know, in, in a smaller jail, um, is that something that, you know, I know as a sergeant, of course, you have a mess. You don't have anyone else to clean it up. You're the one who's ultimately responsible. You're going to do it. I remember wiping down tables in the chow hall. You know, the buck kind of stops here when you're a sergeant. But do you, you don't have, just generally speaking, I know that you also do a lot of in juvenile corrections. I assume in juvenile, in juvenile you can't really give a job to a child, right? I mean. No, we, we have uh, a chore list that the officer in the unit. Uh, comes up with and everyone multiple chores that they have to do and that's that's required of them that they not only do their individual cleaning um, whatever the officer feels like is necessary but also um, the unit is cleaned by and large by inmates and then something that we do um, as well is um, like they in over at adult in like the maximum security they take somebody and they just ask okay, they have everybody can take a turn at it. And if they want to not, they just go to the next cell. They just go through. And if you want to skip it, you don't want the reward for that. You don't want to get up. That's fine. We'll just have the next guy do it. And there's plenty of people to volunteer. Um, something else that we do is people that don't have commissary uh, because their family is not dropping off money. Sometimes they they can't even get parents to show up to um, court. They visit them and uh, put money on their books. So those people, I'll, I'll say, hey, I asked the unit officer, how are they doing tonight? If their attitude and behavior has been good, if it's been good all day, then you find a cleaning task that needs to be done, have them do it, and then I will get them something for completing that task because, you know, they say they're hungry or they want to eat noodles like everybody else or whatever. We can, we have some things that we keep for, like if we have a late night intake and the kitchen's not open, um, those type of food items will go to sometimes to people who do um, extra tasks. Or if we have an inspection or something going on, you know, somebody's got to slice the lemons up. No, we don't have them do that. But somebody's got to spruce the whole place up. Officers would do a lot of cleaning. Um, in some areas only officers can clean, but there's oftentimes a lot of extra cleaning that we want done just to make sure everything is ship shaped so that we don't get dinged during an inspection. And again, that's something that uh, we would reward 
uh, the inmates for. I know we're not talking about, don't want to get Mike the cop mad, not that he listens to what Jake uh, motherfucker Wilder says, but uh, it's uh, usually some type of, you know, food item that they're given as a reward for doing those extra tasks. I think Mike has long since forgotten about us, and I don't think he ever knew I existed. He mentioned my name once because there's some guy like John who's going to do some show with Drew Breezy, and he didn't even know my last name, which is fine. You know, I'm not Mike the Cop material. Uh, Mike Mike the Cop, is uh, he's his own thing. Um, but uh, I've, I've often heard uh, police officers say that they could never do corrections work, and I, I think it's true. I think, uh, you know, officers, we, we often talk about how correctional officers are, particularly in the, in the state house. Uh, you know, it's all felons there. They're locked in. They've got no gun. But now, uh, you know, you ever expect a police officer to clean something up? I mean, yeah, a lot of times they have to clean out uh, car their their patrol car if someone makes a mess mm. in the back at our local jail actually there's a there's orderlies who do that where if a police officer brings a, a new arrestee to the jail in the sally port there's poop or vomit or whatever back there that the orderly in the jail will clip is that something that you guys have there no no that's not something particularly we have um i have talked to a lot of you know because now i'm the basically like the first face they see coming through the sally port um is the sergeant especially after hours and stuff. And these, the cops that come through, it may have been several months, maybe a year since they've done the intake here. So our process is slightly different. Um, so I'm like, and, you know, so I get a lot of, Hey, you know, I'm glad you were here because I wouldn't know how to do this because <laughs> it's, and I'm like, no, it's not your everyday bread and butter. I get it. Um, so that's what I'm here for is to try to help you along, get you out of the Sally port and on with your business as soon as you can. And we'll take it from here, you know? Uh, uh, I do get a lot of comments on like, yeah, I couldn't deal with that guy day in, day out. And I'm like, yeah, um, because of the way the system works. So, and I mean, even here, I'm, I'm not in Georgia, you know, I'm in the Southwest, but I can say we have people that get held for months and months on petty misdemeanors sometimes because they get, uh, they have a certain score, a threshold they have to come to. Well, if somebody decides bad enough, they want to be in jail, they make that call and they go to jail. And um, they'll stay here for on petty charges for months and months. And then there's literally somebody that was involved in a murder and uh, walked in less than. So um, we have a lot of um, we talk. Yeah. And it, there's no continu continuity to it at all. There was a guy in uh, Hayes County Jail down in Texas who just got released down there. And he's got a kind of a big uh, lawsuit going on because. A correctional officer there was involved in a use of force which killed somebody and he tra is trying now trying to claim that he was warning people and he was being listened to that this officer was out of control he was down there on uh, on a murder investigation and he was in, in in jail for four years he was ended up being acquitted but he was in there for four years and so it just shows you how how insane it could be that four years of your life the, the guy could since especially since he was acquitted you know it's almost like he's got uh he's, he's got extra money in his account so like he could go out commit crimes and be computed to time served at this point you know so it's just yeah. amazing that uh, you could have people involved for very serious issues and of course i understand that those caseloads are obviously at the top of the pile you want to resolve uh involved in murders very quickly whereas this battery case uh, particularly domestic battery where you have people that aren't cooperating i know that varies a lot by state that's something that could complicate it and drag it out um, but uh, the fact that they are responding to things, this Fulton County Jail, they're spending money, they're closing things down, trying to clean things up. It's almost like uh, they understand that if they get conclusive evidence that this this inmate died from the bed bugs or whatever, I think that they know that they're in serious trouble. Case in point, 
uh, the mm. sheriff took the news crew from uh, a local news station, another one, took them inside for, the, for a tour of the jail. I'll go ahead and play this. This is our last video. Open the doors to his jail today to show the extremely poor conditions that he's trying to fix. As Fox 5's Morse Diggs reports, the spotlight has been on the jail since the death of a prisoner whose body was covered with bugs. On top of the Fulton jail being way overcrowded, there are sections like this one here that they can't use or shouldn't use. And yet they had been used and part of the deplorable conditions. An inmate complains he needs to get out of the county jail to go see a judge. The sheriff, Pat Labatt, allowed the public to see inside. Every inmate, every detainee, and every cell. Labatt says he will look at every floor and talk to the inmates. Some continue to be curled up in doggy-style plastic trays due to overcrowding. And conditions made even worse because some of the jail sections cannot be used. There's actually a leak behind the wall. We saw cell doors off hinges, water from leaks, and other things we will not put on this broadcast. One inmate told Labatt he's not been able to shower since Saturday. I came up here Saturday and we have our intake. We took a shower when we were coming up for intake. That was it. The highly publicized death of one inmate who sustained bug bites had been housed on a different medical floor. But that death put the full coat jail and the sheriff in the spotlight. We have been, you know, telling people we need this kind of help. We're in crisis. Labat told me he believes the rank and file were afraid to go over their boss's heads to let him know how bad things had gotten. Uh, he successfully persuaded Atlanta Mayor Dickens to allow him to use the downtown city jail for extra beds. But here's the problem. He has to move already short manpower from Rice Street to supervise transferred prisoners. Are you restricted somewhat because you're already on a manpower crunch here, so you can only do it in a phase? So what we've done is, and yes, we're doing it in phases because right. of manpower. And the sheriff wants to make it clear he's not asking for a fancy new jail. He calls what's needed a replacement jail. You've seen these conditions here today. It explains why. From Northwest Atlanta, I'm Morse Diggs, Fox 5 News. Now, I don't know if you caught this. It was subtle. Uh, but he's, he at one point he says the rank and file officers are too afraid to go over the middle management to tell me. So once he blames the the officers who work there every day as being too cowardly to overcome the middle managers to tell him, uh, the middle managers are obviously, you know, what about them? They should be reporting directly to him. We didn't even address the sergeants and other middle managers who should be telling them, like, look, these conditions are terrible. But he also didn't address the fact that, OK, I'm going for, for on a tour. I'm going to go through the jail, see see everyone in there, and this was all a surprise to him. He's going to say it was on my, it was the officer's fault. If you're the sheriff, you should be going through the jail all the time. You should have a weekly appointment where you're going through there and seeing condition. And even if you miss a week, even if you're super busy, you shouldn't. It shouldn't get to the point where you have doors hanging off hinges and you have standing water. And I'm not going to say that this was all this guy's fault because he. I don't know how long he's been sheriff, but. He obviously inherited several problems, meaning number one, a dilapidated jail. Number two, uh, a system that does that the, that is okay with conditions being that poor. And uh, number three, you know, funding and other outside factors, having enough staff there, having what you need to just take care of a jail. I mean, obviously, this happened over time, 
and now he's he's put in the position of fixing it to the point where frankly just administering the jail seems like a like a full-time job i'm sure that he has a lieutenant or a captain someone who's under the sheriff whose sole responsibility is to take care of the why didn't we talk about that guy where is that guy where's the guy who's being who's not the sheriff who's being paid the highest amount of money and his old sole area of responsibility is the jail. Where is that guy at? You no, know, I appreciate that the buck stops stops with the sheriff, right. and he's the one ultimately in charge. But we managed to talk about how it's the officer's fault. We mentioned the middle managers, but somehow this top level administrator who's under the sheriff somehow managed to uh, not get mentioned at all. We're not we're not talking about whether or not he's being fired, reassigned, uh, anything going on with him. There's plenty of blame to go around. I'm glad that the sheriff did go around. I thought I thought the media commentary was a little stupid. At one point, he gets approached by an inmate who says, I need to get out of here and see a judge. It's like, sir, you have a regular scheduled court, court appointment that will take you. Uh, you don't need to ask the sheriff about getting out of here to go see the judge. You act like the judge is out there just waiting for you to show right. up, but you're, damn it, you're stuck in jail. The judge is the one keeping you there, okay? Right. Do you have you have nothing to yeah, say? Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. We have, um, I... No, sorry, the connection was bad for a second. Um, I I have, um, you know, at least we're supposed to be doing weekly, if not daily, walkthroughs and stuff to see conditions and stuff in inside the jail. Um, our administration sometimes, um, I get that they're busy sometimes. We have annual walkthroughs with um, law enforcement personnel and even uh, students that are at the local college and stuff that are studying to get into law enforcement and to get their degrees and stuff. So um, their criminal justice degrees will tour the jail. So we don't want anything to, you know, get to that point where there's an issue. And we haven't really had anything like as far as maintenance prevents us from, you know, passing an inspection, something like that. So but the way it works for us is anybody from, you know, the rank and file, any officer can put in a maintenance request, say that something, an issue, and it goes to me, so I'm aware of it. And then it gets forwarded to administration, and then they fill out the electronic ticket. We have a paper one that the officer fills out that I see, and then it goes to the system, and then the it gets addressed, whatever the issue is. So, um, again, I mean, our facility isn't that old, but... I don't see how you can continue to operate it with it being that bad. I do do agree that it needs, you know, major overhaul or, uh, um, you know, things like a bit behind the scenes trying to say, oh, well, we don't need a super new modern jail, but we just need a replacement jail um, that they're going to pass. Um, one thing was talking about how the sales tax is going to go up to pay for this. And, and the settlement was coming out of, you know, a fund that's set up for that, the legal fund that the jail has. And um, I'm not sure, but just a question, you know, like your the uh, administrator, warden, whatever they have there, um, have they been getting steady raises while these issues, major issues of the jail haven't been addressed? Because if that's the case, that's a, that's a big problem. I completely agree. And, uh, you know, these conditions being poor, it's not just to focus on other areas of why it's important. It's not just about inmate health and safety, although those things are important because when you take someone into custody, you are assuming the care for them. But, uh, you know, officers working in conditions like this, I wouldn't want to be a a correctional officer and working in a place that was infested with bugs. You're going to bring those home. Like, you know, that's that's not a place that you want to work. And if your conditions are that poor, you're only the only kind of person you're going to attract to work in that environment are people that literally cannot get jobs elsewhere. You're going to have very, very, very poor quality correctional office. Uh, any place that's maintained like that, 
there's no way it's physically secure. You saw doors, you know, uh, broken off hinges. I'm sure that was as a result of some kind of violent action. I don't think it just rusted and fell off. But you want to know why people are escaping, you know, out of the wreck yard and that that one case, particularly in Philadelphia. It's not just that they have a severe lack of manpower, although they certainly do. The physical plants are suffering. Uh, the money is not being spent appropriately to maintain these jails. And I'm somebody that hates government spending, right? Like I, I live in a place where there almost is no government spending at all. And there's uh, that, that's fine with me, but it's like, if we are gonna spend money on anything, uh, we should spend it on police, fire, 911, jails. Those are things we basically need to keep society going. And uh, somehow I'm guessing that in Atlanta, the money's being spent elsewhere. Uh, it's not being spent on the correct things. And that's ultimately how you get uh, into positions like this. Uh, someone was at some point asking for money to fix things and they kept getting told no to the point where they stopped asking. That would be my guess on how they got. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's a delicate balance between, you know, trying to raise, um, give raises and stuff so that you can, and incentives so that you can maintain uh, continuity with your officers, with administration, things like that. But um there are cases where, yeah, somebody floods something, so I'm walking around in a couple inches of water. But I can't imagine that being like my day in, day out, um, dealing with water issues, open sewers. It sounded like they were, were alluding to things like that. That's that's not just, um, like you said, it's not just an inmate issue. It's also an issue for um, safety issue for the officers that are working in there. I mean, imagine being a nurse and dealing with all of the complications from that, that sort of thing from bed bug infestations and stuff. And, um, I've seen staff members when we have one inmate that has lice, um, their reaction to having to work with them, you know, if, if this is, that became a large systemic problem, um, it'd certainly be difficult to hold on to staff and certainly open us up to, lawsuits like you see here and i i was looking it up fulton county jail um that says that they've had 10 deaths this year wow in it's, custody it's, deaths. that's that's a lot of, so, of like humans said, this is the who most have died but there's been a few yeah one it's a lot of people yeah, who have died i need to like know how many people are there I, or something like that yeah I wouldn't and they're saying their the custody rate is though yeah but yeah, it's it seems like some of a lot of them are uh, could be drug related or different things like that. Um, the standard drug staying in your system, you know, what we would refer to like cocaine, marijuana, things like that. Um, it's not in your system very long, but or at least the main effects. But withdrawing from some of these uh, new drugs from and different things like that, sometimes it stays in people's system for weeks. And they're showing that there's people that are, you know, dying inside the jail um, that have been there for several days or weeks. And it could be possibly related to that. But again, if you have somebody that's withdrawing, that should change their custody status. And they should be, you know, hopefully you have the personnel to monitor should have been very closely monitored um, with his psychiatric status. So, you know, how long was it between walkthroughs and stuff? and checks on him, I'm not sure, but it sounds like, uh, um, you know, they weren't checking close enough to know that there was a major infestation going on there, you know, like they weren't checking and making sure that he was keeping the cell clean and they certainly weren't taking the effort to do that. So um, I see why the county settled in this case, because, um, you know, the even though 
I couldn't find what the official autopsy report was. All I could find was what the private one that the family got. I believe it's the third autopsy that said that he died of cardiac arrest or whatever from being bitten by bugs. I'm not sure if that is the actual cause of death. Uh, the early news reports don't list anything conclusive as the cause. Of death. So um, it could be, you know, obviously skewed by Colin Kaepernick hiring the lawyers and people to get involved in this case. Um, there could be a, a certain skew, left word skew to it, but um, yeah, there's seems to be a, um, that needs to be. A yeah. I mean, to get to the point where you really can't cover it up. You can't hide it. They're saying that they need to move uh, people over to the city jail and they need to build a replacement jail and jails just wear out too. So it's not, you know, they, they need to be maintained, of course, but facilities do wear out, and I don't know how old that facility is. Well, Jake, I think that about about covers this Fulton County case. It's pretty nuts that a guy died from being eaten by bed bugs. I think pretty much everyone right. uh, who is uh, being held on battery probably did better than that, particularly if he was mentally ill. Family, of course, is all showing up. None of them bailed him out. None of them could cobble together $3,500 or whatever, which whatever. I don't know their situation, but I, I hope that it's not a cynical play for them to get rich because that's frankly what I see when it comes to a lot of jails with lawsuits and things like that. Mm. We've discussed that a lot in recent weeks. But um, Did you want to take us out on a joke? Sorry, you were skipping that for a second. Did you ask me a question? Yeah. Did you want to take us out on a joke? Oh, <laughs> uh, the, the one is in terror time, so I'll have to. I'll have to pick something out. Sorry, we'll have to edit out the dead air here. Uh, what do you call two people in an ambulance? I don't know. A paramedics. That's all. All right. On behalf of everybody, this dubious episode, good night. <laughs>